All right. Hi, this is Lynn with Yoga Story, and welcome to our podcast, Yoga Story Express. Today we're sitting down with B. Apple, owner of Hill Folk Shop, and a yogi here at Yoga Story, mom, wife, and so much more. B, welcome to our little podcast. Thank you. It's really awesome to be able to hang out with you, Lynn. Uh, I've always wanted to like just sit down and spend time with you, so this is perfect for me. <laughs> <laughs> so in addition to the many hats you wear that I've already mentioned, you're also an athlete. Um, tell us about what you do on a daily basis and or weekly basis with your physical activities. So I kind of do a mix of things right now. I'm really loving being on my bike, whether it's mountain or road, getting a couple CrossFit workouts in there, two run sessions and a yoga session in there. Yeah. Uh, mountain biking. I just did the Women of Oz mountain biking beginner skills clinic. So I'm I'm tentatively stepping my little toe into that. <laughs> it was fun. But so how do you feel about the word athlete? I th- sometimes feel like as women, we might have an issue claiming that word. And I'll give you a little backstory. I was um, preparing a presentation for a yoga event um, hosted by some outside folks. And I wanted to do yoga for athletes because that's something I'm pretty passionate about. And they told me, and the, the event was mainly women that they didn't have any of those people there. And I kind of went, uh, well, I know for a fact that you have some women who have done triathletes or triathlons and um, 100 mile bike rides and whatnot. So, yeah, you do have athletes here. How do you feel about that word? So I kind of have a mixed reaction to that word. Part of it is I now want to call myself an athlete but I even in internally I have a little bit of discomfort because I'm like no I'm not an athlete but then I the other part of me says yes you are you've committed to this fitness lifestyle and are working hard to make goals and progress in them so I feel like yes I am an athlete it's okay to own that word typically as women you know when we think of athletes we think that you have to be meet some type of benchmark that's been set by somebody else. And I think if you as a person are setting goals for yourself and meeting them and working hard to do it, then yes, you can definitely call yourself an athlete. Yeah, you don't have to be somebody who's sponsored or <laughs> Shalane Flanagan, who's yes. Boston Marathons right. today. Yeah, so <laughs> you don't have to be that person to be an athlete. Um, uh, yeah, I, I use that word to describe myself as well, because I like the power behind it. That's uh, one of the reasons why I'm, I gravitate towards power yoga is I like the empowerment that it feels. So I, I think as women, if we start to get more comfortable with claiming those powerful words around what we do, then it automatically empowers us as individuals. So I like that. Okay. Um, so what is next for you? Speaking of uh, marathons. <laughs> um, so I just finished the Bentonville half. Um, that was kind of a long winter of training to get ready for that. Um, I'm taking a small break from long distance running to um, recover, work on my biking while the weather's awesome and build up strength. Um, because I am crossing something off my bucket list this November. I'm going to run the uh, my first marathon, the New York Marathon, um, and I've been raising money for a charity uh, called Team for Kids. Yeah, the New York Marathon is pretty iconic. It's It's been around for a really, really long time, and uh, why is it so special to you? Why the New York City Marathon? Why not another one? So it's kind of a 
um, a personal story for me. Um, I actually grew up in New York City in the Bronx, um, lived there till I was 13. Um, just my dad, my mom died when I was three. Um, we were not living in the best conditions in the city. We were on assistance. Um, you know, we, my sister and I, we just struggled. New York's a hard place when you don't have any money and no network of people to support you. Um, so for me, being an entrepreneur, having three kids and having it being blessed with an amazing life, I think it, for me to go back and run the New York City Marathon, run through all the places that I, you know, wanted to go when I was a kid, but could never afford to, um, just being able to be a part of a huge group of people, like just, you know, living out their dreams to kind of come full circle back to my place of birth and um, be able to accomplish a big goal. Um, that's why I chose the New York Marathon was just to be able to like, after everything that I've been through and everything that I've accomplished with all the help of all the people behind me to be able to go back and reapproach the city on a different term was like a really big deal for me and something I wanted to do bef uh, when I turned 40. Ah, oh, that magic number. <laughs> and that's, that's for me next year. Um, so tell us a little bit about the, the charity and what does it do? What are their goals? So the name of the charity is Team for Kids. Um, Team for Kids basically through um, donations and volunteer support, they put on programs for kids who live in kind of um, rundown inner city neighborhoods to basically get kids outside and have them help them experience the magic of moving their bodies mm -hmm. and being part of a team and setting a goal and working hard to accomplish that goal. I know as a kid growing up in the Bronx, um, I didn't have a ton of opportunity to get out and like participate in team sports. Um, my dad was, we were super poor, so I didn't learn how to swim until I like moved to Arkansas when I was 13. Um, I never learned how to ride a bike as a kid. You know, the city's not a great place to like get on a bike or do that kind of stuff. Um, you, there's you bikes get stolen and it's just, it's just access is hard mm -hmm. to athletics. Um, unless you have a family who um, can pay for that kind of stuff. So uh, Team for Kids basically puts on these programs for after school and like gets kids outside and like just provides support for kids who otherwise wouldn't have a chance to do that kind of stuff. I know that uh, physical movement is key for self-regulation. That's a big word in our household right now, <laughs> a tween boy, and we talk about how we regulate our bodies are in emotions. And one thing that I tell him is non-negotiable is movements. We've got to exercise every day. And I, I was speaking to another client here that she is helping a friend with um, who has adopted two special needs boys. And they're older. The, the lady who's adopted them is older. And so she has issues trying to get them outside because they want to play video games and do the normal kid stuff, but they don't want to go outside and, and move. And there's a lack of volunteers for big brothers big sisters so they need more of that support to get someone who is physically capable to take them outside and play with them and move so those programs are really important for the health of the next generation because that's 
and whether we like it or not, they're the next, (laughs) we're no longer the next generation, they're the next generation, but that learning how to self-regulate is so important um, and getting those tools um, to becoming an adult who can self-regulate because we see it all around us, people who don't know how to regulate their emotions or their bodies or <laughs> but uh so now you've already met your charity goal right but wouldn't that be exciting if you went beyond that oh my gosh that would be to go beyond the goal um it was pretty it was a pretty amazing experience to the the minimum goal was twenty seven hundred dollars and we blew past that in like 24 hours so um i'm about at three thousand dollars right now um but yeah, I, the support of the my community in Bentonville and Northwest Arkansas has been amazing. I can't express enough how awesome it is to feel like all of these people who are with me are running this race with me and um, can see the potential in these kids and, and enough to where they're going to like, hey, I'm going to put some money down and, you know, support this program. And of course, we at Yoga Story would like to help you with that. So we'll arrange a charity yoga class for um, people to come and give a donation to that charity um, before your race. Um, And then if you're listening to this, if you have time to volunteer or give to organizations like the one that B is uh, running for or the local Big Brother, Big Sister, um, those types of organizations are really important um, for that generation of kids that are coming up um, that need more adult Um, involvement in their life to help them grow up to be adults that have the tools in their toolbox um, to thrive instead of survive, right? They're not just operating from that flight, fight, or freeze portion of their brain, but they're actually thriving. Now, in addition to doing all these awesome athletic endeavors, you are also an entrepreneur. You're co-owner of <laughs> the Hill Folk Shop. Um, and I know I have some teachers, uh, Anne in particular, who come and take your workshops to challenge their brains to do something more creative and outside the norm um, because it actually shows that it has all sorts of positive health benefits, including, um, you know, combating things like Alzheimer's. So tell us a little bit more about your business and how it came to be, why you decided to go into this type of business and your vision for it. So Hillfolk is a, um, it's a textile studio and retail space. So what that means is we carry kind of an assorted a variety of like um, home goods, um, pottery, um, we carry some apothecary goods, really all produced by small makers. Um, nothing's mass produced that we carry in the store. And then the other big component of our business is we, an educational component. We love um, teaching people how to make stuff. And textile arts is a really easy kind of fun dip way to like dip your toes into making things with your hands it's kind of a skill that's been lost in the last generation or so um so we put on lots of classes where you can learn how to dye with indigo you can learn to knit next week we're doing candle making just really anything really anything that's like um kind of related to textile knitting fiber arts just working with your hands um To me, it's a passion of mine. I've always been like a maker. I taught myself how to knit as a kid out of books. This was before YouTube. (laughs) Um, Taught myself how to knit. And I've always just like loved to make things for myself. 
I can always tell when you've had an indigo workshop because you come to class and your hands are blue. <laughs> I mean, you're not you're not new to being a female entrepreneur. So what are some of the biggest, or should we just say entrepreneur? I hate that when we say female, female scientist, female engineer, female entrepreneur. But uh, that's kind of important uh, <laughs> because what are some of the biggest challenges you have or currently face as a female small business owner plus your, your mother as well? And I think you and I were talking the other day about sometimes being a mother is one of your biggest challenges, but also one of our uh, biggest strengths in being an entrepreneur. So talk a little bit about that. Right now, it's time management and self-talk is are my biggest challenges. Um, trying to figure out what the best balance of time spent on my business versus time spent on just my health and wellness and then time spent with my kids, trying to make sure that they're all taken care of. Um, from week to week, the priorities shift and just trying to keep up with the flow of things is challenging. Um, and the self-talk part of it is trying to rise above negative chatter in my brain that says you're not doing enough yeah. or you're not doing a good job or you're, if I feel like I'm crushing it in one part of my life, then, um, you know, I feel like everything else is kind of going to hell. So just trying to overcome that, be smart about my time and, um, you know, learn to say no to things, say yes to the right opportunities, and then just make sure that I'm being there for my family. I, had a, I heard of a YouTuber and she's a mom. She's a, one of those, she just makes really great videos. I don't know how to describe her. I'm sure there's a YouTube category for that. But um, she said that we don't ask men how they balance everything. And it's something that we really exclusively only ask women and to reject the notion of, of a complete balance. And instead, life is more like spinning plates. And there's some plates that you need to go run over and spin a little bit faster and the other plates that are spinning just fine. And then some plates that just crash to the floor. And it's really more of a which plate do you turn your attention to and then if it crashes to the floor you just put a new one on top and keep going uh, so if you were to offer one piece of advice to our listeners about setting goals what would it be so goals uh, when it regards to physical exercise um, movement adversity or if they have the desire to become an entrepreneur um as far as physical goals i almost feel like i mean I started mountain biking about f almost five years ago now. And I really feel like once I took that one little step to prioritize my health, um, there was like a cascade of like advantages and um, benefits that I saw once I really decided to commit to it. Um, I got into mountain biking because it was fun, but it could be whatever it is that you want to start with first, whether it's running or swimming or yoga or anything like that. But I really feel like once I started to feel good in my body, I just was able to like put down bad habits, step away from, you know, alcohol and too much bad food and like not, not getting enough sleep and just really burning the candle at both ends. So I really feel like set small goals for yourself. This is, we're in it for the long haul. So don't push yourself too hard. Just think about like, you know, for my, for me, it was like, okay, I'm going to, my first goal for running is going to be to run three miles without stopping. 
and that was like a year ago wasn't that long ago uh, maybe two years ago yeah so I've never been a runner but it was just kind of like okay I'm gonna try this thing and I'm gonna start with running three miles without stopping um, and so just thinking about your pace and like thinking about what whatever it is that you're doing um, just tell yourself that I'm doing this for the long haul and to not like go overboard and hurt yourself um, but then really as you commit to these things there's just it just keep putting one foot in front of the other you're gonna have setbacks um, there's gonna be times where you don't feel like getting up and doing it but just take that step take that leap of faith and um, you know if you stick to something you'll end up seeing benefit from a year from now I would have never thought that I would even be thinking about running a marathon two years ago I would have laughed in your face and been like you're crazy I'm not a runner um and then I went you know after I ran the half last year and then the half this year I was like I can call myself an athlete I'm a runner now and it's just really about those little small steps it's not about the big huge you know I'm gonna run 20 miles it's really just I'm gonna I'm going to like put my running shoes on and I'm going to run for one mile or two miles. And it's just all those little incremental steps that bring you, um, that help you achieve your, you know, next thing. What about, uh, to women out there who are thinking about or want to become a, an entrepreneur? It, yeah, it, uh, I would say it's kind of the same thing. It's um, it's about doing the work. I think um, I think there's this unrealistic expectation about people when they for, for women and everybody when they get out of college that you should automatically know what it is that you're doing and that your first job out of college is like it's the be all end all and you should get into a career that you love. I floundered around a lot in my 20s and um, early 30s. Um, I had a good job. I had a, an engineering d degree. I had some good jobs out there. Um, I didn't love it. Um, I spent probably the first 15 years of my career out of school doing things that I really didn't enjoy. But I also learned a lot about myself. Um, even though I didn't always enjoy that work, I showed up I put in the work, I learned new skills, I learned how to use like, you know, different computer programs for drafting, I learned how to use Excel, I learned how to, and these are all things that helped me when I d was ready to jump into entrepreneurship. Uh, all of those little skills, all of that little bits of work, all of the learning how to use spreadsheets, learning how to problem solve, learning how to fix stuff, all of that ended up like coming back and helping me when I decided to open a restaurant and when I decided to open Hillfolk. It's the same thing with fitness and training. The training is not always fun. It's not something that you always want to do. The jobs that you're in, it's not always fun. It's not always something that you want to do. But if you show up, do your best and get what you can out of those experiences, then when it is, when, when an opportunity presents itself, you'll have the tools that you need to like take that leap. Yeah, I like that because I think our society a lot of times emphasizes chasing the dream instead of doing the work. And it's okay to be in a job that may not be your ideal end all be all. This is going to be my career for the next 20 years. And it's okay to find different jobs that teach you different skills that are kind of like 
getting up and lacing your shoes every day and doing the three mile run if you even if you don't feel like it so that you can get to the point where you say this is now I'm going to take that leap or I found what my quote-unquote dream is and I have the tools and the skills to pursue it because I think a lot of times particularly in the yoga industry when people open up new studios maybe they don't always have the skills and I just use this because that's the the business that I'm in and I've seen it across uh, from different groups not in you know that they open up studios they're not prepared for it or they don't understand that there's actual business behind Mm -hmm. some of that but yeah Um, but yeah I really appreciate you um, sharing with us today and for being part of the community here in Bentonville and in Yoga Story I am so I just got to say I'm so thankful um, for my fitness community I mean all the all these women, Lynn, Brandy, like all these people that I have come across in my journey um, uh, just living in Bentonville. It's just been so profound, like being surrounded by such supportive, um, amazing women. All right. Thank you guys for joining us today and be on the lookout for more podcasts from Yoga Story Express, uh, both live classes. And we also have a YouTube channel, Yoga Story, where you can find um, a live class um, or actually just me. So (laughs) a live uh, single class that you can um, follow along with. And that is it for today.